Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Which is the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condor with Kate, and joined by my regular co-host, Mr. Mr. Ben Errington. And semi-regular co-host, Mr. Sheets himself. <laughs> Andy Conduit Turner. Hello, everybody. Hey. Um, yo, yo. What's going on? What's happening? Is everyone all right? What is going on? Not bad. How are you? Yeah, yeah, not bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, up, he's absolutely fine, mate. He's lovely. There's, there's a lot going on. What's, what's the temperature like in your little garage area, Luke? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's okay. It's not that bad. The other day, though, I was, uh, I was working. Um, and I've got some pins and needles in my fingertips. I looked down and they were, like, blue. My fingertips had turned blue without me realising. I don't know, because I was just typing away, maybe, and not realised. Um, but, it, yeah, it can get cold in here. Yeah, uh, what about the heater? What about the space heater, mate? Come on, give that a little bit of a uh, put it away. Give that a little bit of love. Literally. Put it away. Oh yeah, yeah. One swallow does not make a summer loot. You thought, oh, summertime. Put this in the loft. But it was like summertime yeah, for two, loft. two Lock weeks. It up, throw away the key. Yeah, like two weeks. Ago, I couldn't sleep because it's too hot, and now it's like freezing all of a sudden. Very yeah. interesting. Very interesting. Yeah, man. Have you got any horror news? Per chance? Um, there's a few minor things. Well, obviously, horror. I, I, <laughs> I guess horror. <laughs> I guess horror is probably like one of the last things on people's minds currently. But uh, we're here to provide uh, a distraction, a welcome distraction, which is three guys talking shite. So, uh, <laughs> well, come, to come to the right place. Come to the right place. Uh, so in terms of horror news, I haven't seen too much. Uh, have you heard about this HBO series called Lovecraft Country, which yeah. is going to be debuting fairly soon? I think so. It's based on a novel, HBO horror drama series based on a novel by Matt Ruff, um, and it's debuting in August. Um, is Jordan Peele involved somehow? Is he a producer or like maybe a... Safe to assume so. <laughs> okay, so J.J. Abrams, Jordan Peele and a few other people are also sort of involved. I don't know all that much about it, but so 
So it begins with a struggle to survive to overcome both the racist terrors of white America and the terrifying monsters that could be ripped from H.B. Lovecraft paperback. I like the whole um, twisting the more racist parts of H.P. Lovecraft stories uh, because there's a lot to love about H.P. Lovecraft apart from that that big part of him. Um, but yeah, this is good. I think it's more of like, it's sort of an anthology or there's like separate stories that are told that maybe yeah. come together at the end. I'm separate sure stories in the same sort of place, a bit like maybe Castle Rock, possibly. Yeah. No, from the, from the trailer, that's the kind of vibe I, I got from looking at it, but I need to look look a bit more into it. Has anybody read the book? No, I've, I've seen it knocking around quite a bit, and a lot of people really like it. Uh, but no. Yeah, <laughs> yeah cool. But um, yeah, there's that, which I thought I'd mention. That could be something cool for people to look forward to. Um, also read a little bit about Ridley Scott talking about his third Alien prequel. Just let him do it. Uh, Is this far in? Do it, yeah. I well, was going to do it anyway. It wasn't matter what I say. Come on. <laughs> uh, so apparently it was at one point titled Alien Awakening, but I don't know if it's going to be called that. Um, but he apparently said he still thinks there's a lot of mileage in Alien, but I think you have to now re-evolve. I feel like Prometheus was the re-evolve. And yeah. Alien Confident was the, okay, let's take a step back again. If we re-evolve again, like, what what on earth are we going to have? You know? You know? You know, he's also not Alien, thinking Alien... about old, old Ridley. No, he's not thinking about either digitally or or in physical copies. How am I meant to put these on my shelves? It throws it out of the window alphabetically. Yeah. Like, if I've got yeah. on a digital collection, what's, <laughs> what's, what's that going to do? Do you think they should rename Prometheus uh, to Alien Prometheus? It feels oh. like it would make because sense. Covenant, Covenant would still be first. <laughs> Alphabetically, it's no yeah, it's, good. But it's good. Uh, yeah, you just yeah. have to do it in the order of release, surely, and that kind of sucks. But you'd have to do it in the order. What? What? How, where would? When? Oh God! <laughs> when did the film end? Where? Where was the film in terms of ending in Covenant? What had happened? Is it that the, the what, eggs were being transported off of the? Yeah, uh, so Michael infected the main characters when they were uh, going, just as they're going to hypersleep. Is his name Michael? David. David. What's his? David. What's the actor's name? Is that Michael? Michael. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, Michael. Mikey boy was uh, infected. Oh, people. big old yeah. Mickey Jib. Uh, yeah. It's cool because I remember. I'm... <clears throat> I would like. I mean, I love the Alien films. I love the Alien the alien universe and after watching covenant i was kind of like that was pretty cool but then i watched it again i was like well it's kind of just like uh it's like a greatest hits of a of the alien franchise really isn't that it? it's not it's not a new story and i think that's why what i respected prometheus for being is that it was an entirely new story it did get a bit ridiculous in terms of the convoluted origin of the xenomorph where it's like well it started off like this and then that happened and then that made it with that and then this went in a lady's tummy and then and it then came a out and then it's different <laughs> shaped head and then... yeah <laughs> yeah it was just too convoluted i think i know it's too too late now we can't go back but i loved the fact that it was just a mystery you know we never knew what happened to the to the Space jockey. What what was the name oh, of that? Oh, that's the annoying thing about yeah, space jockeys. I think that's a technical term. Oh <laughs> yeah, what yeah. I hated that about Covenant. It revealed the this planet where the the Prometheus people were from, um, and then they all got obliterated, sort of essentially yeah. off. You just camera. dropped the just dropped the bomb. Yeah. Like, but 
I got the impression that we're going to go to some sort of amazing future world thing, but it was mm. just I don't know. There was, there was nothing there. Just a few caves, yeah. few tents, yeah. a, a few caves, and David playing the flute. Yeah, I think yeah. these things are all far better when you just leave something like i i quite like the mystery like i'm sure i'm sure it's been examined if you go to comics and stuff but i never want a film let's go to the other side of this this coin i never want a film on the predator planet i want that to be left alone i like these things that are mysterious until you can unless you can ever do it absolutely perfectly then things are so much richer and better when you leave people to imagine what they could be and i for me the Alien movies, the only one I've been truly excited about since the tour de force that is Alien Resurrection, which I secretly love. I like um, yeah, um, <laughs> I the only one I've been excited by. Prometheus, I went and I had high hopes, and I think I came out of the cinema and enjoyed parts of it, but retrospectively, like I know that it's there are confused things about it, um, but. Um, the only one I was really excited about is the one that didn't happen. The Niall Blomkamp, the one that had yeah. the one that had Sigourney Weaver. I'd love to see that, and I loved the the concept drawings they did for it. It looked exciting and it looked weird, and it looked. I want these things to act, like give me more things to think about that aren't fully fleshed out for you to go away and think about. Think about when we were too yeah. young to watch it when they first came out, and you imagined and you made up the stories for yourself. Yeah. Based on the toys so you get that were like a think, bull and a bat. Do you think kids still do that? I think like we used to get a film, like you'd see a poster of a film and you, or a trailer, and then you think I'm gonna have to wait four years <laughs> till I ever get to see that from a VHS. <laughs> uh, but then like yeah. you sort of invent loads of stuff and you watch the video again and again and again, and you sort of invent because you've got so much spare time. Now it's like once you've done one film, you're straight on to the next one. You've got TikToks sort of... in the meantime. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I kind of feel like maybe kids don't do that anymore. But I don't know. Yeah. So, so apparently that alien, that Alien Five, the Neil Blom, the Neil Blomkamp one, um, was going to retcon Alien Three, and apparently it was essentially canned after um, Alien Covenant, after how that performed. I think. Yeah. Thanks, Ridley. Or the fact that. Yeah. Thanks, Ridley. For the squad. Apparently, the script was amazing. There we go. Apparently the script was amazing. I've read here. James Cameron said, amazing, performs fan service and should be made. So, yeah, but I mean, James Cameron said that about the last four Terminator movies. And none of them And he were. was right! <laughs> and he was completely 100% maybe they only showed him. Maybe they only showed him the first 10, 15 minutes of Genesis and he was like, this is it. And then they were, oh, I, well, oh, I know you're a busy man. So... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly um, and then the only other bit of news I've got is that apparently a 2015 build of the game Dead Island 2 has recently been leaked um, mainly just screenshots and stuff on Twitter um, do you remember seeing the trailer for that and do you ever think was, what the hell what the hell happened was it reverse the, was it a reverse trailer one? Um, that the one that's the original isn't it that's oh, okay. the original yeah this this trailer was like a run it like a jogger guy like a running guy running oh, I remember, loads, I loads I remember, the, tra- yeah. I remember yeah. the trailer there we had great trailers. Trailer was like, <laughs> yeah. What a bloody hell happened now? Um, I know a little bit about the background for this. I saw the trailer for Dead Island. Um, not the trailer. I saw the trailer for Dead Island 2. Um, and, I, and I remember it. But I remember straight away thinking, no, fool me once. Because I really didn't get on with Dead Island 1. 
Yeah, um, I know what you mean. It, did the wouldn't. same? Didn't the same developer or someone they they split from the publisher and they kind of evolved the idea into what is Dying Light. Dying Light, and it's a bigger it's a bigger thing. And Dying Light Two is on the way. So do you think it's that combined with? Didn't they get into some hot water? The publishers on that one over like the special edition of like Dead Island as well. Dead Island Riptide. They did like a okay. The special case yeah, was yeah. like a woman's torso, and uh, everyone was like, "Is this in bad taste?" It's probably in bad taste, and they got they got some press for that. Like, Dead Island, I'm sure it, it meant well, but like I just <laughs> I found it a bit dense. I felt like I didn't I didn't I I think it was presented as going to be quite a fun zombie game, but then it had crafting yeah. and things that break, and I was like, I ain't got the patience for this. In terms of uh, fun zombie games, that. Walking Dead VR game is getting reviewed really well. Have you seen it? Have you seen much right. about it? Walking Dead Saints and Sinners. I think I've seen a little, a little bit of gameplay, possibly. A lot of people are saying it's really good. It's, um, it's. I think it has got some crafting NDC. You might, you might not like it, but like the whole. Apparently, that the feeling of sort of grabbing a zombie's head and stabbing, like smashing a bottle and then stabbing them in the head and shoving them away is meant to be incredibly satisfying. It Sounds windy. very lovely, mate. Yeah, that's hella exciting. Uh, yeah, that's it for news. So, has anyone been, been watching anything anything fun this week? Uh, yeah, I watched one thing. Talk about uh, Deathgasm. Have you you know much about Deathgasm? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen I've that? I've heard the title, but I've not seen it. How is it? Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's um. So I didn't. I knew that New Zealand. There's a New Zealand Film Commission. Um, like we have in England, we have a, like a film commission here, but I didn't realize that they were they specifically make horror movies. So there's Deathgasm, Housebound. I think m- maybe what we do in the shadows was part of that. I'm not too sure, but they they pump out these great little um, horror movies. Deathgasm is uh, is pretty good. It's so it's about a little black metal kid who joins a new family. Um, and he starts a little metal band, and they somehow get the sheet music, which is actually like incantations to raise the devil or something. So then yeah. it's got very evil nice. death sort of um, vibe. Lots of practical effects as well, which is good. Um, but then the weapons they end up using, there's like um, they get hold of a dildo and they're like smashing up. I have heard of it. I have. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the dildo one. Yeah, 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 that's the one. It's just the dildo. Just <laughs> no, the word I dildo, think, and he's like, I've wait seen, a minute. I think I've seen some clips of it. It looks fun. It looks a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It's um, it's cool. Yeah, what about you guys? How about you, Andy? Um, less watching. Like, I haven't done much much horror watching of late. There's been. Like I've, we found that a lot of film nights have been like having film nights with other friends. Not all of them are horror adjacent. So we watched A Town Called Panic, which I do love. It's a very funny film. It's made of those, the puppets that are in the Craven, that used to be in the Cravendale milk adverts. Um, it's like a French or Belgian film. It's in, it's in French language, but it's very funny. It's just about a, a horse, a cowboy and an Indian that live together. It's very funny, not horrific <laughs> at all. Um, then I've been playing Spider-Man where I have got my horror in has been um, from comics. You mentioned The Walking Dead. There was a Humble Bundle a couple of weeks ago that had the entire run of The Walking Dead. And I had a, I had the comics in various formats, some physical, no some digital. 
and then you know across different like platforms and what have you but all of them were just on there you could get them um in i think it was cbr or or pdf but they did all of it right until the very end of the whole series and i fell off um getting the comic regularly when there was probably about just 20 or 30 left but now i've got them all i've decided i'm going to go back to the very beginning and um and those read comics them. are very readable yeah like you can't and, really and stop like, it's a great series yeah it's such a, it's such a good series and there are some great moments i'm starting that over again and then i'm going to go and get to the end oh and, god um, yeah there's some great moments the i remember like uh you know his baby yes i remember that being like absolutely shocking um, also, Invincible is also extremely readable. It's extremely great. I haven't great. started Invincible yet, but I, I do want to read it. Like a, another one as well. Now it's really tantalizing. Now that it's finished, it's like a complete yeah. thing. Because I did Why the Last Man, like when it was finished as well, and started it and just read it all the way through. And it's great. Like, and it's really satisfying. If you've got like a quiet week or you're on a holiday or something, you can just. Blaster a series. Yeah, yeah, you can blitz on through. But yeah, I've been reading a couple of comics. I've been reading, so before Walking Dead, I've been reading Something is Killing the Children. Um, it's a Boom Studios um, comic, I think. Uh, James Tinian IV is the writer. I forget the name of the artist off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. But um, it is a great, uh, you know, it's a great series. It's a lot about like um, mostly real world, except there are monsters. And it's about a... Uh, someone who's a monster hunter who's going around and like going up like kids that have survived these hideous massacres of so-called impossible imaginary creatures and she's hunting them down the dialogue super sharp the action is like brutal so it's a great uh great little read it makes me think we should do a horror comic episode of the horror hangout at some point because there's yeah. some great ones um yeah that'd be good yeah cool man what about you ben uh so i rewatched us for the first time since the cinema, just because uh, we were kind of chatting about it, and I thought I haven't seen that since the cinema. We'll watch it again. Yeah, definitely, definitely holds up. Like just as, just as lovely this time round. Um, in particular, the the final sort of battle between between um Red, the dance, and dance off, yeah, dancey fight, dance fight, Adelaide. Um, <laughs> still a lot, there's still like a lot of questions to be asked for it. Like how how has this happened? How does that work? What about this? But you can kind of, in terms of like the icon, iconography and just the cool, like, intro, the, the great soundtrack, like obviously the orchestral version of I Got Five on it as well, especially in that final battle. It's badass. I definitely prefer Get Out. Like, I definitely prefer Get Out. I feel like Get Out is a lot more, it, a lot more striking and I think it's more, re, it invites rewatches more. I feel like Get Out. Yeah. Whereas with us, I kind of felt like I was anticipating what was happening every. I was like, okay, now it's this bit. Oh, yeah, okay, now it's this bit. I think Get so, Out has uh, more like moments that like you'll, you'll just never forget. Like that, even that, like, like uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, the auction bit. Uh, you yeah. know, those people at the party, the, the, the dad character, just generally. Uh, the guy running yeah. towards. The main character has got so many like little moments that are just like really quite striking and never quite forget. Mm. Yeah, um, and then because I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I've kind of been on a little bit of a ancient Greece hype. So I watched a couple of ancient Greek movies, like fairly Hercules, modern ones. Well, Hercules goes last... to the underworld. <laughs> what, with Kevin <laughs> Sorbo. <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, I definitely okay. didn't bother with old uh, what's his name. I used to love those. Yeah. 
Um, so I watched Troy, which is probably oh. like one of the obvious one of the obvious ones to watch. The director's cut, which is like three and a half hour, three and a half hours. Um, it's still pretty good, you know. It's got an amazing cast. The battle sequences are great. Brad Pitt is like oiled up. <laughs> Brad Pitt is like a bit of a douche though. Like as Achilles, you're like, am I supposed to? Be, is he supposed to? Am I rooting for him in any way? He's kind of just. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, are you the good guy or you're a bad guy? He kind of just goes through killing whoever in that film. Um, gets a bit boring during the downtime when everyone's just talking about what's going to happen next. Orlando Bloom's a bit of a bit of a flannel. <laughs> Sean Bean is in it. And Sean Bean, spoiler alert, does not die. Does not die. No. I remember Eric Banner being and pretty good, isn't it? Yeah. Eric Banner's badass. Eric Banner was so, off the back of the Hulk as well, wasn't it? It's like, oh, just change, yeah. mate. You you can take Achilles out. <laughs> <laughs> His fight with Achilles is awesome. Like you really, you're really in it. You feel feel every every swipe of the sword. Um, and then I also watched Immortals with. Um, I saw you watch that on, on Oh, is that Henry Cavill? I didn't realize <laughs> it. But I saw you watch that. And I was like, I remember not liking that film at all when I watched yeah. it. But it's a bit more style over substance. So it's Tarsem Singh. Um, so it looks like pretty amazing. Wasn't and it's it like post three hundred? Oh yeah, it's got that post three hundred sort of like um, incredibly dark comic book. It, I mean, obviously three hundred looks very much like from the pages of the comic, but doesn't it? Where it's very striking and um, yeah, but it's you know what? I enjoyed it for what it was. It's ridiculous, over the top. Mickey Rourke is like the most ridiculous bastard villain, um, but the costume design is like unreal. It's, it's every single piece of costume design. You're like, what is that? What is going on? Helmets and massive headdresses and ridiculous things. But yeah, it's not it's not good. It tells a story because now you've said the title and I've looked at some pictures. I know I've seen it. I can tell you fuck all about what happens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Steve, Stephen Dorff is in it as well. And when he turned up, I went, there he is, Stephen Dorff. Nice. Uh, <laughs> but honestly, it is uh, Luke Evans plays Zeus as well. It's it's ridiculous. Is it but, based on you know, an actual? What's the leg, What's the myth? It's retelling. Um. So it's <laughs> what? Theseus. Oh, okay. Uh, Jesus Christ put me on the spot. So it's Theseus. Um. And and um. What's his name? Mickey Rock plays King Hyperion. So it's like him taking over yeah. various. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I, I kind of want to watch Three Hundred again now. We talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. So yeah, because good. because. Of, because of that, I kind of want to watch 300. I, don't only think, I only think I've seen the sequel to 300 once, so I'd like to watch that again. Um, can't remember what it's called. What's it called? Like 300, the one with the... Eva Green in it. That's all I remember. <laughs> the one with Eva, Eva, Eva Green <laughs> topless for 80% of it. 300 days more. 300 Spartans more. Um, 300 Spartans. And maybe Clash of the Titans and Wrath of the Titans, because I know they're schlocky nonsense. Yeah. I've the got, original I've got Clash of the Titans is great as well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'd go back and watch those. You could go watch um, Jason, Jason and the Argonauts. The Argonauts, yeah. The, Argonauts, the, yeah. The Harryhausen skeletons. They're good. Get all this Harryhausen goodness. Yeah, but it's because I've been spending so many hours on Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like, I think I'm like approaching 60 hours now. So you should, that's um, a lot for me. There's a, that's a lot. There's a, there's a book. Um, oh, we loved it. Um, Stephen Fry's book about, I think it's called Mythos or something. So, like, the Greek myths. But Stephen Fry retells them. It's amazing, like a really genuinely right. good book. Um, he learned like tons about like the old myths and stuff. Oh, apparently, he's got a Greek myth podcast. 
There we go. Mythos. Oh, he's a rival go. now. Can't support. Can't sanction that though. Competing nah. for downloads. We, yeah, we listen. We listen to the audiobook, Stephen. and it was. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, there's an audiobook. I'll have to uh, definitely listen to that. That sounds got right on my street. Got got an audible credit. Spend that wisely. Don't oh. I've definitely, I've definitely got an audible credit. I've probably got absolutely loads. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like Assassin's Creed Odyssey is is amazing. I'm getting to bits now where I'm kind of discovering uh, creatures and mythological beasts and that. Uh, and okay. Does it have awesome. like myth type stuff in it, or is it? I kind of thought yeah, it might be more realistic. Yeah. DLC. <laughs> I think some of it is either DLC or like extra missions, which aren't like additional, which you don't have to kind of complete. You know, yeah. They're separate from the main story. But yeah, I've been fighting Medusa and. It, I can't kill her. It's I'm just screwed. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's good though. It's good. It's probably a little bit better than Origins, and I loved Origins. So. I liked Origins. I'm not quite done with it. I got sidetracked, but it was um, it was good. And maybe I've just got to that point where silly. I did an optional free DLC mission, which now means I'm riding around on like a camel that looks a lot like a chocobo. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good times, man. Good times. Cool. And then uh, I guess it was uh, The Blob, which me and Andy were watching on I don't know, Saturday, Saturday night. Saturday? Saturday night. <laughs> and then Andy said, you should definitely do this for the podcasts. Um, and then I was like, yeah, well, that's, well, that's Ben. Because it, it's, it's a sort of a classic. Is it a classic? I kind of feel like it is, but that might just be my nostalgia. No, I wasn't I think, sure which I think version. I wasn't sure which version you were watching until I was about halfway through this one, and I went, "Oh shit! Don't tell me they watched the original." And I had to like go back and look <laughs> look at your message to see. But luckily, I watched the watched the right one. So uh, this is the first time I've seen this. Never seen this before, and it's on my 100 must see horror films poster, oh, and I can scratch it. it off. Nice. That's cool. You're welcome. Uh, so <laughs> uh, the Blob, 1988. You've got some information about it. Sure. So uh, The Blob is a 1988 American science fiction horror film co-written and directed by Chuck Russell. It's a remake of the 1958 film of the same name. Star Shawnee Smith, Kevin Dillon, Donovan Leach and more. Uh, the plot follows an acidic amoeba-like organism that crashes down to Earth from a meteorite which devours and dissolves anything in its path as it grows. Yeah. So IMDb says 6.5. Rotten Tomatoes says 60%. Um, and a user score is lower than that, it's 56. Letterbox say 3.5. I don't know, I feel like the love isn't quite there for this film, as much as it maybe should be. Um, it, feels, well, it feels like a classic to me, I don't, I don't know. This is why people can't have nice things, like they're stupid. <laughs> like, the, the, I mean, uh, the gore in this film is so, it's like, I've never forgot that moment where the, the kid, the letter jacket kid, gets sucked to death yeah so many people slurped off so effectively in this film <laughs> yeah i um, couldn't believe it like as i've never seen it before i kind of expected it to be a bit more cheesy yeah. well i guess it is kind of cheesy but i expected it to be a bit more you know ridiculous yeah so when the when some of the gore gory bits happened i was literally like oh jesus christ whoa can't even can't even look yeah yeah um yeah, I think we used to have this. I think maybe we must have rented it from uh, the local VHS rental place and copied it. So I remember, I remember wearing, like, watching this so much, as, along with like Gremlins and those sort of films. But this film, even though it's super gory, um, 
I, I, I must have been way too way too young uh, to be watching it, but it's always it's always left a. I think it's, I've never really forgot it. It's just always been a sort of a, uh, a close one for me. What about you, Andy? When, mm. when did you first see it? Um, I was probably the same as you, Luke. I, I saw it when I was a kid. I'm sure we've seen it, and I think it was probably on the strength of maybe some less say fair parenting um, from <laughs> from Mr. and Mrs. Turner. But like, also, I definitely had seen the original '50s one as well. Like, I think it had been driven from Channel Four. Used to have a creature feature um like late night on a friday and i could stare from watching quite often it was like an old godzilla movie and i'm pretty sure the blob and like things like the quatermass experiment were a part uh, of them as well yeah and i'd seen the old black and white version of the blob and then i think like you we went down the local video shop and there was a new one um so we were allowed to rent it out and i watched the blob and yeah i, I guess similar like things like tremors and stuff as well things that were probably not suitable for me to watch but we just watched them all the time and it was like a fun thing and maybe we didn't find the blob scary because you know it's not a it's the same color as cowpole which as a child is the most <laughs> soothing thing you can encounter i guess it tastes great yeah don't cure, eat cure uh, mouthful of the blob don't eat a little mouthful of the blob because uh you know bad things will happen <laughs> it's um uh is it written by frank darabont or is it uh I'm sure I saw Frank Darabont's name pop up. It's a, it's, it's, it's a co-written, so by, okay. the, by that director. So the only reason I said it's because screenplay. The only reason I said it's screenplay. Kevin Dillon's character's called Brian Flagg. Um, Frank Darabont did like tons of Stephen King stuff, didn't he? So I don't know if that's a little okay. reference. Um, Could be Randall a little Flag. Your yeah. Randall Flag, yep. Uh, Kevin Dillon is the guy um, who looks a little bit like uh, Kevin Bacon in some ways, but he's actually the like guy... Ethan Hawke and others. And a bit like Ethan Hawke and others. Uh, but he's actually the guy from Entourage who... Uh, I, think, I think I watched a couple of episodes of that at some point. felt a bit guilty. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I didn't even recognise him. I just, now, I've, now, I've, now I've seen him. Yeah. Jesus, he's a, he's a funny looking guy in this. He's got like a funny little haircut. Uh, and I kept thinking, who does he remind me of? Yeah, I recognize him now. Ethan Hawke and Kevin Bacon and the guy from Entourage. Ethan Hawke and Kevin Bacon rolled into one. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of that man from Wild Things that isn't Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so Matt Dillon, is that the one? Yeah. Yeah, it, does, it has got a bit of a Matt Dillon quality. He's. He's all of them. He's all of them. They might be related. They've got the same last name. Who knows? There's no time to check. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So the film opens. We'll just assume. We'll assume they are. Assume they are related. That's the easiest thing to do, I think. Absolutely, must be. Uh, So film opens as you would expect. uh, A meteorite. Wait, this isn't. This isn't happened right at the start, does it? Well, a meteorite crashes, um, and like an elderly, elderly guy with a homeless guy, I guess, who sort of lives out in a sort of deserty sort of part of the town um yeah. finds finds it immediately thinks i'm gonna poke that up a stick <laughs> yeah yeah it's early on i think that's i think in the original 50s version it is maybe even the opening scene we get a little bit of care about these characters a little bit first here don't we, we get to see um brian flag our hero yeah doing all the classic bad boy tricks he's not at the football game with all the other local teens He's out on his motorcycle wearing his leather jacket and 
drinking a can of beer and throwing it on the floor like a litterer. But yeah. uh, <laughs> he's practicing his evil can evil moves. He's trying to get he over is. that ramp, but he yeah. can't do it. Yeah, you need to, yeah. You need to completely believe. You need to invest. Yeah, commit to really it. Got, there's really yeah. going to be some stakes on the line. Hopefully, there'll be an opportunity for him later to yeah. to really test his commitment to doing that jump. But the <laughs> the old homeless man before the before the meteorite comes down, he sort of sees him and gives him a polite round of applause. Yeah. Picks up his can and recycles it, making him morally the best character in the film so far. Yeah, and he's got a dog yeah. that he looks after. So he's a nice, um, mm-hmm. he's a nice fellow. Um, meanwhile, we see um, Meg. Yeah. Yeah, we see we see Meg cheerleading the soccer game. Not the soccer game. <laughs> do you, re- do you recognise her? Uh, sort of. Not too sure where she's from, though. She's you know, from Saw. She is from Saw. Yeah. So she's from well, she's all all, all of them, I believe. So she's Amanda Young, who's like. Uh, Jigsaw's sort of apprentice, is that right? Who ends up yeah, she's turning his... on him or something? They all turn on each so other she, in those films. But she's, yeah, she's, she's apparently... They all turn on each other. What, there's <laughs> Twist and Saul? I will not hear anything about that. Straight um, I think she's in all of them. Yeah, she's every single Saul. So probably, she probably dies about four times as well, I expect. But, you know, I've only ever seen Saul <laughs> one to three. So we I'm should do a marathon. We should do a night where we marathon them all. We get really pissed off. Why are you saying things like this? Why do I get really pissed <laughs> off? Um, I mean, I'm game. I'm game for that because you know I like just torturing myself. And uh, I kind of want to watch the first one though. Um, I think the first two I'd be up for watching. Uh, so you know who's yeah. in? So one. Your it's your mate uh, Ben Lee Wannell. Lee Wannell, yeah. <laughs> Big old Lee Wannell, the flannel. <laughs> Lee Wannell. That's how you. Until I hear him saying how he pronounces it. I'm just gonna keep calling him that. I've I've assumed it's uh, like the Artia One L. If it turns out after all this, and all this abuse, nah, mate, it's Wannell. If he, he says Wannell, then egg on our face. Yeah. yeah, egg on egg on both your nah, faces. Mate. One egg, both. Oh, fucking just face. pulling your tip, mate. It's not One L. Wannell. Very Wannell, mate. Wannell like flannel. Uh, so there's also like there's the three. Uh, sorry, the two letter jacket wearing kids. One of them, I kind of feel like, has been propped up to be our main character. Uh, yeah, I can't Paul. Remember his... Paul. Ah, oh, yeah. Small, small, small Paul, big A. Small P, big A, Paul. Because that matches <laughs> Well, we the don't get to see his P, so it could be big. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> uh, and then there's the one, uh, Brian, I think it is. He's like the, the douchey one. Um, yeah, piece of shit, Brian. Yeah. There's a great little intro gag. Um, okay, so Paul... That's a great gag. It is a great gag. Paul is going to go on a date with Meg, uh, but Brian says he needs to get condoms. Or Brian can get condoms for the night. He goes to the uh, place where you buy con- the condom shop, and the guy at the counter is like, "What are you buying this for?" And he says, "It's for this guy. This guy's a horny, horny guy, horny, horny captain over here. Look at this horny boy." And then, um, <laughs> and then they go to later on. Paul goes to pick up Meg. Meg says, "Meet my dad," and the dad is. Uh, the pharmacist, condom seller. He's, he's like, oh yeah, this <laughs> this piece of work over here. He's going out with some naive girl. I and he's talking to like the Reverend as well, isn't he? Reverend yeah. Mister Bean. He's talking to Mister Bean, the Reverend. Like I, um, you know, only like Jesus. But my mate here, the 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 the, the least I could make him do is buy some Johnnies because I don't want him to get in any trouble. And um, yeah, 
He's a real it's piece a great gab work. because he's like behind a newspaper, isn't he? Yeah. Like, introduced. I didn't see it coming. Did you see it coming? No, I forgot oh, about I it. See it coming. <laughs> and um, does he say something like he's ribbed? Yeah, yeah. He just goes ribbed. Yeah. No, no. Sorry, it's uh, it's Brian. It's not ribbed. Oh well, no, Paul. It's Paul, isn't it? The other guy. Yeah, it's Paul. Yeah. And this has kind of been. This has been kind of in the the setup to things like this. These opening scenes, there are Chekhov's everything in these opening scenes because um, we've had a brief. We've had a brief cutaway first because we've seen the old man has poked the mysterious smoking um, crater and got the blob on his hand, and it does the same where he's yeah. So the blob's come out. Where like it does the classic thing that's in the original as well, where he pokes it on a stick and then he's holding the stick downwards, but the blob sneaks up it rather than dripping off like your standard ooze would. Uh, <laughs> it goes and it goes on his hand and it stings a bit. Um, hey fucker! But we've had we've had all we've had all we've had the setup of Chekhov's everything because after that happens, it cuts into the house where Meg's younger brother is slurping jelly off a plate like an animal. Oh yeah. That was a good cut. And, like and they're and yeah. they're sneaking off. To, they're gonna they're parenting in the eighties. Obviously, not what it is now. He's immediately suspicious. Where his little mate goes, "Oh yeah, we're gonna go bowling, and then we're going to the cinema to watch like um, is it called like teen, like it's like garden teen, hockey, hockey no, mask killer guys, hockey mask killer, yeah, 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 hockey mask garden garden equipment killer ten. <laughs> And um, and he's like, oh, you should. I absolutely forbid you to see that. And he's like, oh, fair enough. I won't go and see that. Anyway, we mentioned that we're staying over at his house, so um, I'll just be off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, bye. But that's yeah, where yeah, like he, he gets Chekhov's jacket put on him. So like, oh, I'll wear your jacket. So I don't want to wear my jacket. So you'll wear your jacket, mate. And she zips him into this coat. Oh, meanwhile, yeah, yeah. Um, meanwhile, our old mate um, Brian. He's been to see his friend, the mechanic. The policeman's already given him some jip and said, like, oh, you're too old for juvie now. Next time I see you going down. Um, but then Brian nips to his mate, the mechanic's house, and he shows him Chekhov's weather machine that he has. And then he borrows Chekhov's um, ratchet set from him. He's like, can I borrow your ratchets? And he's like, yeah, sure. Make sure you look after these to explain why you've got a ratchet in your pocket later. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, you're but you're yeah. pulling it all apart, but I this was seamless to me. I never yeah, once. Uh... Yeah, it's only it's only when, it's only when you're going back that you see that's because I remember when I was watching it, when he when he pulls out the ratchet later, I was like, why is he just carrying a ratchet? And then yeah. when I watched it back a bit today, I was like, that's why he's got a ratchet. That's so why you've it's, covered all your bases. It's weird to say it. Watch so, this movie so much as a kid because. The main reveal, the big twist about the blob, I didn't even remember that. I did not remember that as a twist. I was like, oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. What's the what's the main twist? What? Well, that is. Uh, <laughs> Come to Ben. Don't be, yeah. don't be surprised. Get ready. He's going to yeah. blow your mind. Wait, that is a blob. What? That's a twist. <laughs> Bloody blob. All right. Okay. I think I know what you mean. Okay. Okay. Uh, Shorty Smith's anyway. in cahoots with the blob. So he's his apprentice. Um, um, but yeah, so I guess after the ribbed situation, um, <laughs> Meg and Paul are on their way for their date, only to find 
the old man having surprised Brian in the forest by jumping out at him with an axe, only to then try and chop his own arm off with it. They stumble into the road, and that's how we get the gang all together. So we've got the homeless recycling man has a blob on his hand, and he's in great pain. Um, he he gets him in. They all get in the car because they because Paul has hit the the homeless man with his car, and they they all drive him off to the hospital. And this is all like we've we've gone a little bit back and forth on this. But this is like what ten minutes? Open it's 10 not minutes. long at all. Yeah, yeah. This is the most useless. Like, where have they taken him as well? Is it a hospital? Is it just like a doctor's surgery or something? It's like the most useless. Like, you can't go in there with an emergency because no one's going to be. No one's got any urgency whatsoever. This guy's got a bloody blob on his hand. Can you help him out? Uh, uh, just let me finish whatever what she's oh, doing. Man, she, she, does, was she... she does like a stone cold bitch number one power play move where they walk in. It's like, oh, this man, he's in terror, got a terrible injury. Just wait a minute, please. Wait a minute, please. <laughs> just finish just my. Finish, uh... Finishes a game of solitaire or something. Just writing a romance novel here. <laughs> Don't worry about it. If you just, just not rudely interrupt me, please. Okay. And proceed. And I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> so she's pretty useless. The doctor's pretty bloody useless. Where like he's like, I'm seeing a patient. Yeah, they just put him in um, the room, don't they? Um, that doctor was uh, Jack Nance, who is um, from Twin Peaks, and he plays the main guy in a razorhead. The um, hey, guy with the big quiff. Yeah. He's obviously settled down. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, he's more normal. Less black and white. It's a realist sort of guy, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, they hang around for a little bit. At one point, Brian's like, uh, I'm going to go. Uh, you know where, you'll know where I'll be. If you, need to, if you need me, um, and then. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. He goes into the woods. Yeah, because he's <laughs> um, like, these guys don't give a shit. 
Yeah, because they do that classic thing about asking if the old homeless man has proper medical insurance. It's a yeah. barbaric world. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh yeah, and they also ask him to like, can you fill out this um this form? It's like probably blob on his about this guy. <laughs> What's his name? What's your name, mate? No response. <laughs> What's your date of birth? 1940. I don't know. <laughs> oh no, wait, this was the bloody 80s, so he's older than that. Anyway, it's just a load of shite, pretty yeah, much. Load of nonsense. They're not looking after him. Maybe in many nope. ways, they're the monsters. The blob's just doing what exactly. comes natural. They've got this. Can't blame humanity. the blob for blobbing. Yeah. We're all a blob deep down, mate. Blob is gonna blob. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then we get um, like our first sort of uh, glimpse into the horror of of the blob itself. Um, uh, the homeless guy is looks like he's touching himself under the covers. There's a lot of movement going on under the covers. And uh, Paul's like, I'm gonna bust him. He's nipped out for a coke, <laughs> isn't he? Yeah, and he's gone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bust him. He's gonna be well embarrassed. It'll probably lighten the whole situation. <laughs> and he, it wasn't yeah. a blob on his hand at all. It was like some weird sex toy, some yeah. weird wanking device. <laughs> flashlight. It's got his hand stuck in a flashlight. He <laughs> <laughs> invented it. Um, yeah. But um, he goes and whips the covers off him, only to find Splooge. Got no bloody legs, has he? He's been. This is pretty horrific. He's yeah, been guzzled I I was genuinely like, ah. And it's really good. Like, I think it's dated oh, yeah, quite great. well. Yeah, all yeah. the practical effects. I think there's only one bit when I was like, that maybe looks a bit to like a rubber mask sort of thing. But most of it is is really well. I think when we watched it. It reminds me of the reminds me of the thing a little bit, the practical effects stuff, especially yeah. like the, the when the blob's kind of like a, wobbly a bit shaky. Yeah. Wobbly, wobbly tentacles. Oh, the only bits that, right. that do look a bit um, they sort of... Uh, uh, computer generated stuff where the blobs yeah moving around and stuff or like or like what looks like dodgy green screen yeah or something yeah. similar yeah. maybe not green screen but you know but the gore yeah. effects like this are bang on and they're horrific like he looks yeah. he looks a right old state looks a right dog's breakfast yeah one hundred percent so how does Paul get it then. So Paul rushes off, and that's when he goes and sees a razor head. He goes, "Oh, there's a man! <laughs> there's a man dying in there. I've seen he's he's, he's halved." Yeah. And uh, and the doctor goes, "I'm talking to a patient about something really personal." <laughs> yeah, and she kind of goes, "Oh, fuck's sake, see you later." Yeah, and obviously it's a it's a business commodity there. It's probably going to put a complaint in. But yeah. um, he's like he's talking to the old the someone else about like an ingrown toenail. So he's, "Oh, guess I'll go and see your homeless man then." And he goes. Well, Blinking Ecky is um, melted, isn't he? Doesn't he say, <laughs> what does he say? He says something like, what does he say? He says, look, what's happened here? He or, says, he says, oh, what something, is... oh, I'm sorry, Doctor. Me, Paul, I know I'm star quarterback <laughs> here, but um, I'll go nip and phone the sheriff, shall I? And that's what he does. He runs off to phone the sheriff, and he's in the office. But little does Paul know, who's that hiding behind the door? <laughs> it's only the blob. And, yeah. Um, I think this is the most horrific the death in, yeah. in, in it. Sure, because he's he like to him. He's, he's on him. Yeah. Uh, so the the girl Meg runs in and she, she she hears him screaming. She goes checking him, and he's not like um he's not dead, but he's completely submerged in blob. And as the blob sort of pulls against his face, it kind of rips his face off, like in yeah. as it sort of melts off. It's yes. There's a moment where his like nose is up for a while. Like, ah. Yeah. Yeah. It's terrific because I guess you kind of. 
you kind of think of Paul as like being the, one main, of the character. main character. Yeah, yeah. Stage. Yeah. And there we go. I mean, this film's pretty brutal in terms of people it takes, people it lets get blobbed. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I think that's a yeah. game show. Everyone's like up the kids get a game show. Let's, Let's get, get blobbed. blobbed. <laughs> what, like, Dave uh, Benson get your own back. To, to, <laughs> yeah. to <laughs> um, so then, uh, I think, is Brian... Brian well, turns up. Oh. This is the this is the weird thing. I don't know why the blob is trying to cover up its murders at this point because um, Meg gets hold of Paul's arm, but it comes off as yeah. the blob slurps the rest of him away, and then she maybe in the parallel universe in which films exist, people are slightly easier to knock out because she gives herself a bit of a bump on the back against the door because the arm comes off and she spirals backwards. And then she I, and then she collapses with just his arm. I kind of thought, then the police come. I thought maybe she'd fainted. Maybe but she did I miss that she bumped yeah. her head? I, I, I guess know, she at the Because at the time I was like, that's a terrible time to faint. But then you're not really in control of it, are you? You can't go, just about to do it. Just going to do a faint. It's there snooze, snooze burn. Five minutes. And then I'll faint. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those things like she was very surprised, which put her in danger of fainting. And then the knock, the slight knock backwards, that was just enough. So yeah. you're playing Street Fire. If, like, if your life's down low, if you get a kick in the shins, it's over. <laughs> KO. <laughs> what a way to go. What a way to go. But, uh, yeah, so she's, she's out cold, but the blob doesn't eat her. It goes, not ready to be uncovered yet, so I'm going to skulk off somewhere. So the blob has gone. Um, and she has to go home to comfort herself by looking at that snow globe. Yes. With with a mom with a mom and dad. Yes. Meanwhile, the sheriff um goes to pick up Brian because Paul very briefly mentions on the phone call that he was there. So go, all yeah. right, let's arrest this kid. We've got There's a good it. chance this kid melted that guy. So <laughs> <laughs> he's melted at least two people. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's like green grass when you watch Heartbeat, isn't it? The slightest crime. Yeah. I know he's got no form for it, but <laughs> I'm just straight around all petty crime. It's going to be Green poor. grass! <laughs> yes, yeah, so they go straight round to get him. And um, I know you got a lot out of this scene, didn't you, uh, Luke? The the beard licking. What? Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Because uh, there's a guy... Is he the guy from Robocop? It's like the deputy... What's he from? Um, I recognise him. I uh, think he is from Robocop. I'll check while you describe okay. the licking. Well, he's... I can't remember how this even comes about, but it's like he's grabbed onto Kevin Dillon's head and then Kevin Dillon... It's like when you were wrestling as a kid and someone puts their hand on your mouth. Like The way to get back would be to lick the hand, lick the palm of the hand, and they go, oh. <laughs> But like he... He, <laughs> he licks the cop's like, chin... Leaving. And then he doesn't have a beard. And then he doesn't have a beard. <laughs> Just has a moustache. Yeah. Um, is it the guy from Robo- Robocop? He is. He's a meal from Robocop. I think he's okay. the one that gets toxic wasted and yeah, then splashed. Yeah. He looks, um, um, he looks I was going to say younger, but smaller. His frame is much smaller than this. In Robocop, he feels chunkier, but I don't know how that works on the calendar. Um, yeah, so... Um, <clears throat> I've completely lost. What, what? I guess so they go he, get a sandwich. He, yeah, he basically says, um, uh, he licks him because he says, oh, you want to get out of my face, right? Because they've got no evidence that I can melt a person. And he goes, so you better get out of my face. The deputy gets in his face and says, 
I'm going to be right here in your face. How are you going to get rid of me? So he licks him. Um, and he goes, oh, no, because that worked exactly. Damn it. This is how um, I melt people. Oh, he's using uh, melting saliva. So they let him go. But as he leaves the, the, the sheriff's station, Meg turns up having had enough of looking at the snow globe and says, you and I know what's really going on here. It's the, he's been blobbed, hasn't he? Um, we've got to try and we've got to try and work this out. So um, they say, "All right, well." Is the, blob, is the blob like following them at this point? Then because they go to the diner, don't they? Oh, and before that's the, the blob, the blob's got other business to do first. Ben, he goes oh, up yes, to deal yes. with a certain uh, a rapist. Certain <laughs> rapist. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember this bit? It's up in there at the makeout point. So remember his friend from the shop that was buying condoms. He's up. Oh, up, oh he, yeah. He's okay, up there okay, with okay. his. Oh yeah. Years. Oh he's my a, god! He's a real, he's a real piece of work. So he is there with his date, and she's like, "No, don't fill me up. Consent's important, mate. Even here in the eighties." <laughs> um, and he's like, "Oh, but I give you my my Super Bowl ring or whatever the equivalent is. That means you're my girl." And um, you know, he goes, "Oh, well, I'll tell you what. I'll at least go and get you another drink then." And then I like got his a little cocktail bar in his boot. He's got, he's got he's a little got rapey, rapey cocktail bar in his. Yeah. <laughs> It's full of, um, you know, full of date rape drugs and lots of Super Bowl rings as well. <laughs> so it's clear that this guy is Jesus. no good. So if anything were to happen to him, we needn't feel all that bad. Um, <laughs> and he goes back through, and his date mysteriously has gone very quiet already, um, and is looking a little bit rubbery. But he's um, at the same time he, he kind of unbuttons a couple of buttons of her blouse there and goes to um, goes to feel her up, and then um, he gets a nasty surprise when what should burst out of her and then make her head collapse in like a Capri Sun. Yeah, um, certainly the blob. Certainly <laughs> <laughs> bloody blob, mate. Bloody blob gets him good and proper. That bit's quite uh, the thing. with like the bits of blob tentacles there. Shoving out her eyes and shuddering as they're trying to get him. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, definitely. They make short work Very of that guy, thingy. though. Yep. Yeah. Get, get him, they do. Um, and then we go and join the other guys at the diner, I guess, where um, Brian is given a sandwich, even though they've closed, and um, they get to chat a little bit and they do a little bit of exposition about what they might do next, right? I, I forget what they what they talk about. I think it talks about how Brian doesn't really believe in society in the small town everyone's everyone's worthless and everyone's no good and meg tells him off for being a shit <laughs> you being a shit um yeah yeah at the same time in in the restaurant in the diner uh in the back you've got the lovely lady who gave him a free uh oh, a free sandwich she gave him, she gave him a free cake i think uh free pie um she's cleaning up in the back and there's something in the garbage disposal yeah, and the chef goes, oh, don't worry, I'll deal with that. I'll get the plunger out. But but he wishes he hadn't helped yeah. to be helpful now. No good deed goes unpunished. Yeah. It's, it's a good moment. What, so out of... I mean, maybe we'll talk about this at the end, but which has been your favourite death? In the, which has been your favourite gore gag? There's some good ones in this. Um, yeah, this is this one's pretty good. Um, sucks into this. There's probably... It's probably I quite like I quite like a death coming up in a minute actually with a phone box. I think that's yeah. pretty ingenious. That one's that one's like really to, good. I'd like to see it play back slower actually because I feel like 
when something yeah we'll talk about it in a sec okay but yeah well, this guy gets pulled down the drain right yeah yeah the blob kind of reaches out grabs and pulls him in um and then just uh the the, the drain kind of uh pops or something and shoots some blood out everywhere uh mm. brian and um meg go and hide in the walking freezer this comes in very handy because um, it it runs up the corridor after them, but um, <laughs> yeah, but then it doesn't come in. It starts creeping under the door, Jack Frost style. Um, yeah. It's like a tongue but... coming in, going, and then it gets <laughs> stuck. And then, it gets, <laughs> then it gets all frozen, like Jeff Daniels' tongue in Dumb and Dumber. and they and they smash it off, and um, so it can't it can't go in the cold. It freezes quick as you like, lickety split. Um, meanwhile, our other friend, the lady, doesn't get on too well because she runs to the phone, the phone box, um, tries to get hold of the sheriff, and the oh, yeah. sheriff, the sheriff, the poor chap, has eaten, has eaten, eaten shit off screen because literally, she phones the sheriff station, and the um, the deputy who ever answers the phone says, "Oh, um, the sheriff is the sheriff's on his way down to the diner." Because he's asked the waitress out for a date earlier on. He's obviously yeah. on the way down to see her. And then um, he just floats by in the blob. His eye he's hanging like, out and Oh, everything. That, was, that was quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Sheriff, I'm stuck. Sheriff? <laughs> yeah. That yeah. Was but then, Ben, this is the bit you were talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, she runs into the phone box, obviously, with the intent to... Well, she's already in the phone box, right? Is that what you said? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's already in the phone box, so the, yeah, the blob just appears, sort of comes down over the top of the phone box and just crushes her. But there's a moment, obviously, where we see her get caught, sort of enveloped in the blob, and it kind of looks like she just disintegrates, doesn't it? Yeah, in this I, really I thought, quick, in this really quick shot where you kind of just see. In my mind, she uh, like explodes, but I'm not sure what, what yeah. happens. It is like obviously like they they cut the shot to from a real woman to a model, but um, yeah, yeah, it's a good little shot. Um, she just yeah, I liked it. That yeah. was pretty intense. She got blobbed. <laughs> Gets obliterated. Yeah. Um, like, and then, and then it goes... Atoms. Is this when it goes into the sewer and the Reverend sees it briefly just before it does go into the sewer? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is where the Reverend, because he, he goes into the shop at this point. And the Reverend character is an unusual one because he seems, you know, a little bit unusual when they first meet him. But, like, he's not like a doomsday prophet or anything. He's fine. Yeah. He's just like a normal chap. But then he wanders into the he wanders into the the diner. Um Brian and Meg have since left, having knocked the jam over. That's all they really do as they leave. Um there's a cat eating the jam, which attracts the Reverend's attention, and then he finds some crystals of the frozen blob, which he puts into because they're all sparkly, and he goes, Ooh. Yeah. But then he, and he puts it into a jam jar that he's found. Yeah. Yeah, so what what are the crystals again? Where does he find them? Sorry if I missed that. They're just the frozen blob from by the... Yeah, um... that's right. That's right. Yeah. Little blobby boy. Okay. Mr. Blobby. Uh, so, yeah, somehow they end up in... Brian and, and Meg end up in the woods again. They head to the, um, they head to the woods because they know where else the deputy's gone. Yeah. But isn't that like the, the guy who's just inside. been... Uh, a blessed, like... Mold. No, that's the sheriff. This is the oh. guy that um, Brian licked his beard off. His oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. He's going to lick the rest of his uh, facial hair off. I'm going to find that sheriff. <laughs> Deputy, even. So um, they go to the woods. 
and that's where they come across the like uh, the ET lights sort of thing, just sort of uh, envelop them in the middle of the woods. And you've got the secret government in hazmat suits, giant Doctor Meadows, classic. Yeah. Um, um, so he basically says the whole town's got to be quarantined from this. Do they sort of say what it is at this, this stage, or what they he, think it is? This is where he explains that it is um, a comet, which I think is from the story from the original blob. It's a this is where the twist comes in a bit later on, but it's a comet that's got some type of alien bacteria or something like that on it, right? Some yeah. ooze, Ivan ooze. Yeah. Um, and they kind of try and quarantine them, don't they? They they put them into the back of this truck. But Brian, he just hates authority figures. He's got no time for them. No matter what they tell him to do, this is going to save your life. This is going to protect you. He's like, oh, I'm doing a bloody opposite, mate. All right, because I'm an absolute edge lord <laughs> and, and thankfully for an edge lord he's got his uh, socket set he's got his ratchet that he borrowed earlier on yeah yes yeah. yes he has and he gets out jumps out of a moving truck always a good idea <laughs> onto like roads. Um, yeah um so he escapes but meg goes to the town where they're like quarantining everybody in like the town hall um yeah. and when they're there she realizes that Kevin, her younger brother, is missing, so he's obviously gone to watch the film about the hockey murdering guy. Um, her dad is trying to question like one of the scientists, well, one of the hazmat suit guys, and says, listen here, I pay your salary. I'm yeah, a tax-paying guy. The classic. classic. I wonder if there's ever been a situation where that has worked, where some authority or government figure has gone, you know, oh, well, you're, yeah, you're right, right actually. you do pay my salary, and if you personally were dissatisfied with what I was doing, you'd get me fired, couldn't you? So i better... Yeah, yeah. Do it. yeah. Um, um, so Meg like sneaks off, or does she just leave? I, don't, I can't remember. Yeah, I think while the she dad's goes... having a go at the one, the one guy right, they've yeah, got yeah. to guard all these people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she she chips off to head to where her brother is going to be at the cinema, and this is, I think, this might be where we get like the film in film, right? Because we get a bit of the film, the the mass, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. killer film, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the, like for some reason, the kid in the cinema is more intolerant than the adult because there's a guy behind yeah. them at the cinema going, "Oh, she, yeah, she's going to go in there," but the killer's going to get her anyway. And the kid's like, "Shut up, man! You shut the hell up!" Trying to enjoy this film, I've had a really hard week. And then the guy, <laughs> the guy in a very mature fashion, just throws some popcorn at him. Yeah, I really, really don't blame, don't blame him now. Uh, the kid, sorry for getting annoyed because yeah. this guy is a real piece Jesus of work. Excellent happens to him as well. Mm. But meanwhile, I guess at this point, um, we know that the other friend's brother or something like that, he's the usher. That's how they've got into the cinema in the first place. Yeah. Um, he runs in at one point with like a torch and just shines it in their faces <laughs> and shouts, You guys keep it down, you're gonna get me into so much trouble. It's like, Tell that man off for yourself. talking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shut up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, um, then we go up and we get a very brief bit of Chekhov's yo-yo where he's there. The The projectionist is playing with the yo-yo and it's really hot up in the um, in the projection room. Yeah. Um, so and he hears a bit of a bit of moaning and groaning from down in the um, in the air con. So. Classic remedy, of course. You want to stick your head in there, have a little look, a little look, see. And so he does. Yeah. 
I think it was this guy's face that looked a bit a bit rubbery. You know, he's he's suspended on the ceiling. Yeah. Um, he looks like he's was cooking a like he was uh, boiling a tin of baked beans and it exploded him in, onto the ceiling. <laughs> so now he's stuck there. <laughs> uh, it's got a bit of a Freddy Krueger face as well going on. Yeah, I think from the, the sort of sinewy bits of burnt, half-melted face. Not not a yeah. patch on the effect they use for Paul's, but yeah. yeah, so he gets got. Before he puts his head in the air conditioner, he shouts down to the manager of the cinema, oh, come look at this. The manager walks in, um... And then he finds him on the ceiling when the yo-yo comes down, right? So <laughs> yeah. he looks up and then he also gets got by the blob. And yeah. then and then as Meg arrives, we see the blob then taking on the cinema auditorium itself, right? And it gets the guy the guy is spoiling another bit of the film and then he gets slurped off by the blob, which is, you know, yeah, serves yeah. him right. The blob's pretty good at dealing dealing out justice. Social justice. Social justice blob. Yeah. Um, Good on him. Doesn't it sort of pour through the screen? Or am I? Uh... It comes. It comes out the front and the back. This it all goes to chaos. I guess maybe it's wrecked the projector. Maybe that's what happens up there because it it pulls off the guy behind them. Yeah. Is it on the ceiling and it's coming down on all sides though? Maybe. Okay. Who knows? Yeah. It's all over the shot. The blob's massive now. Is it? I can't tell how big it is. We see the change size depending on on the shot. Um. But uh, so, yeah, everyone like is panic. Everyone's running out of cinema. People aren't picking the rubbish up. They're not checking. They've got all their belongings as they sort of pace out of there. Um, yeah. The uh, the two little kids. One of them gets stuck as the jacket. Yeah, on, check in off the door. Chekhov's jacket that his mom made him out. His hood gets yeah. stuck. So Meg is <laughs> able to Meg is able to get him out of the jacket just in time, and the brother. He hasn't really been in it until the point when he arrived at the cinema. He shouts out the window like, get out of there! And they, they do. They take, they take his advice. <laughs> yeah, there was a moment where I was like, who was that? And then I realised it was the brother. Yeah, he, um, he he tells them to get out of there. They take his advice and they leg it for the, the sewer. Meg loses a little bit of hair as it gets uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. cinched off. But they're, they're on their way. They're, they're, heading down into, they're heading down into the sewer. And I guess this is why it's important that the Usher brother comes out because this is when we go back to Dr. Meadows. For some reason, Brian has gone to have one more look at what they're up to, even though he said he was leaving. He's gone to get his bike, hasn't he? Mm. So he's gone to steal his motorbike back and he hears Dr. Meadows say, oh, an eyewitness has just seen the blob chase some people into um, into the sewer. If we seal this corridor, this corridor, and this corridor, we can trap it. And this is where Dr. Meadows shows his true colours and goes, the civilians? Expendable. Yeah. Oh, and he also, and he also says um, what the thing was, right? Because they reveal at this point it isn't a comet um, that has got the blob it's got on like it. A it's a US flag on it. It's a satellite. Yeah, it's a satellite. Yeah. And it's um, they have sent a bacteria or virus up to space and it's turned into the blob i don't remember that at all from growing the up blob. This film. i don't think the story yeah. was that important to me growing up i think it was all about the deaths and stuff um <laughs> i don't yeah. want any backstory mate i'm not interested <laughs> in that but we but um, they, they made the blob it's it's all it's all man-made yeah 
Mermaid um, so Brian like drives his motorcycle. Where does he get to go oh, into the sewer? Well, they chase like... him, but then he gets to that jump yeah, bit that he right. couldn't make earlier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He makes, yeah, yeah. He makes the jump and beats a load of soldiers. Then. Yeah, doesn't he? He flip, flip them off. He flips them up as he goes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Even though they're still sh- bullets whizzing past his head, and he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Still inches from death. Um. So yeah, in the sewers, obviously Meg, Kevin, and what's the kid called? The other kid, Eddie, they're all sort of trying to run as fast as they can through like chest high water, which is like <laughs> which is never never easy. And uh when they, they're sort of climbing they like climbing up some stuff and then that's that when the blob gets They Eddie? get to they get to a ladder and that's right, as they're climbing up the ladder, um bold move for a movie, right? The kid gets it. Yeah. Yeah. And like he, not, he, not just like a, doesn't just get like swallowed up off screen. Like we get to see him in his half melted state. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah, it's good. Pro- but, properly blobbed. Yeah, but Meg dives in after him, but nothing happens. It's just for dramatic tension, so the brother can like shout after him, shout after hey! him. Like, Meg, Meg. And she's she's like, underwater no, for ages. What's she bloody doing under there? This is sewer she water. Should well. She should know. You yeah, can't sewer. get someone out of the blob. It's, it's gone. It's too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, they, they climb up, but she can't fit through the grate. Um, so she sends the brother on ahead to safety, and she jumps back down into the water. But some army dudes arrive just at that time, and they take the hit from the blob, and they get eaten by it, giving her time to escape. Unlucky. And run into Brian on his motorbike. Okay, so they're still in the sewer, right? Yes. Okay. And then there's the um the, the 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 government guy who's actually a good guy. He's got a rocket launcher on his back. Chekhov's rocket launcher. Yeah, Chekhov's yeah. rocket launcher. And he's like, <laughs> "Oh, I've got I've got this rocket launcher with me, but we can't fight the blob and they've left us here to die. It's um yeah. It's fucked, isn't it?" But they the found bit where they get get like the ladder to go out and Dr. Meadow seals it up and then he informs her to park the van just down the top of it like a proper dick move. Yeah, he's like, no, no, like I know you could escape, but I don't want you to escape because you <laughs> piss me off. And there's yeah. some great dialogue here where Brian actually goes like, Meadows, you <laughs> son of a bitch, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you son of a bitch, Meadows. But then Brian, this is where like the the army guy has gone do lally. He's obviously lost it because you can tell he's had a rough time. He's got a little crack in his visor, got a little cut on his head, and he is he's he's really having a bad Human. day of it. Um, yeah. But Brian is the ultimate badass here. I I can like be being honest, guys. Even with years upon years of video game exposure and so on, if you handed me a rocket launcher, I don't reckon it. I reckon it'd take me a little bit of time to work out how to operate it. This, is one, <laughs> this one's just a one-button job, I think. Yeah, he literally just, but he holds it one-handed. So some of those giant sewer. confetti things, <laughs> like I a party like cap. Yeah. <laughs> I do the thing that I always do actually in games, which I fire it at the target while I'm stood too close, and I end up, <laughs> and I end up dead. It's too much I'd fire it somewhere just like three, three yeah. feet, three feet away from me, and end up, end up dead. Yeah, I mean, I do that in games, so you know. There's no splash damage for Brian. He literally oh. at the inner sewer. He takes a rocket launcher. Normally, I would say, traditionally, you'd shoulder, you'd shoulder mount that type of device, but no, he just holds it in one hand. Under the under the upwards pipe of the sewer and just fires it upwards. 
And the the explosion is powerful enough to explode the van off the manhole cover. <laughs> yeah. Good and allow them and allow them to climb up just before the blob arrives, leading them yeah. to a standoff between like a Mexican standoff, if you will, between the um the military guys led by Dr. Meadows, Brian who's got himself an M sixteen, and the sheriff that really doesn't like Brian. Oh yeah. Yeah. But actually, the end, his respect for the law and what is right comes on through. And he pull and he turns his gun turns his gun up turns his gun on the men. Dr. Meadows loses his patience. The guys all appreciate the story that it's a man-made experiment and they're just trying to cover it all up. And before Dr. Meadows can do anything bad, who should come to the rescue? But the blob. <laughs> the blob. He's always at the right place at the right time. Doesn't he oh, fill God, up Doctor Meadows' suit? Is that what happens? Does it go up his? Yeah, yeah, uh, kind of swallows swallows him from the inside of the suit, sucks him out. I think and slurps him down the drain. Slurps yeah. him down the cover. Um, I get confused around this bit. So, um, they're all hiding inside the the town hall, and they barricaded it up. At what point does Brian go and get the snow machine? Um, this is as they're all running in. Everything goes wild now. There are people getting done in left, right, and you know, left, right, and centre. The Reverend briefly gets set on fire. Oh yeah, yeah. Because, <laughs> oh yeah. Because some people get the wrong idea and they try to use fire against the blob, um, and it just backfires and sets the Reverend yeah. on fire. So they put the Reverend <laughs> out and get him inside. Um, Meg gets cornered by the blob, but uses a fire extinguisher, which. Um, it does not want a bead of. It's like, nah, it's coming away. It's it's cringing back. It's chilly. It doesn't like it. So she's able to get in and everyone gets the idea that it doesn't like cold. So they're using the fire extinguishers to drive it away from the door. But it does get the sheriff's deputy after he's made a hero turn. His arc is complete and uh, it has to pull him away through a cupboard. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. He melts in every film I've seen him in. <laughs> always getting melted by acid, but yeah. um, that's when Brian runs off to get the um, the Chekhov snow, the most powerful snow machine in the world. What remember the soundtrack at this point as well? The the score is just like such a epic. It's just like the the army sort of drums going. Just a yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty badass. I quite like this moment. This was good. Um. um Meg so the blob's like massive now, obviously. The blob is huge now. It's like a yeah, yeah. contemporary reference. It's like your end of Resident Evil 2, right, Ben, with your, your big blob on the train. It's huge. Yeah, it's big it's, as a train. It's, car. Almost, it's almost ridiculous, isn't it? So how can we make this villain scarier? But just bigger, bigger, bigger. Um, so yeah, what kind of happens in this final in this final it's standoff? Got, it's got tentacles all over the place because it got angry because one of the army men who was good threw some grenades at it and made it furious. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's huge. Yeah, that was like the, the army man. It was like it flattened one of the army guys and he took and he pulled the pin on the grenades, didn't he? Like as yeah. as it was. Uh, yeah, he's fuming. Absolutely fuming. The, the blobs, the blobs all over the place. It's not messing around. It's got massive. Just pink absorby tentacles slamming everyone. Um, Brian crashes the um, Brian crashes the snow truck into it, and it doesn't damage it because crashing a snow truck into someone isn't the same as freezing it with a snow truck. Brian has yeah. made an error there. Um, yeah. He's not as effective at using. It's just snow called a snow truck. 
yeah. As he is rocket launchers. He's not as good. Um, but thankfully, Meg comes out with an M16. Um, she shoots the blob first, and it makes a few dents in it. But then she shoots... You know, on all cars and vehicles, there's that critical piece that if you explode it, it will... Um, <laughs> if you If you shoot this spot on the vehicle, it will explode the vehicle and make the elemental effect of the vehicle just the petrol cap isn't it everywhere I kind of yeah, feel like just, shoot someone, the petrol cap. Some, some would say that's a design flaw but you know it comes in handy when you need to blow up a thing yeah. to destroy a blob like the death star school of design there's one area <laughs> if you shoot it it will absolutely be obliterated mads mickelson himself invented it with this floor in case they ever needed to use it um, there we go does it need that, that bit mads yeah <laughs> yeah it's important <laughs> you need to vent your exhaust um so yeah they um she she shoots that with the m16 and um it, it explodes just in time to freeze the blob utterly it gets 100 percent of it it's all it's all frozen up and um everyone comes out and it starts to snow Ah, oh, yeah, that's a magical moment, isn't it? It's not Christmas um, though, so it's not it's not that magical. But it is a town that's established is its economy is heavily reliant on there being snow for the winter. So in many ways, the town yeah, has yeah. been saved. Yeah, everyone seems really happy at this moment, including like the kid Kevin. I thought he just seen his best mate die. He's like, <laughs> it's snowing. Oh, everyone, it's snowing. And everyone, then they start dancing sp- like the end of Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Go ninja go. Um, there is like a post post credit sequence or pre credit pre credit sequence with the uh, there is. yeah the disfigured um, preacher. He's now on the road or something, uh, giving his sermons. Uh, and then I, I don't know why he's got like a little bit. Of, I don't understand what he says. So he says he, the doomsday is. Gonna arrive yeah, he soon. Says, he hasn't he said when. Doomsday, and it's like, oh, I, I saw, um, I saw the shit. Good people and bad people all died when, when Doomsday comes, and who will be saved? Only the faithful, mate. Only the faithful. And one of the one of his people comes up to him and says, "Oh, Reverend, when, um, when is the Doomsday that you're always chatting about?" It's like, oh, I don't know. God will give me a sign. And then he just looks at the little the blob that's now blob. not frozen anymore, but thankfully can't eat glass. Glass not on its diet. But it's, it's a little, <laughs> little like pet, pet blob on the shelf, and people around say, "Yes, the blob." <laughs> Will it stay alive if it doesn't get fed? Then, I mean, feed it anything? I guess it was all right in space all that time, wasn't it? That's uh, true. Yeah. It's just a blob. Hop it's like the goo from uh, Ghostbusters, isn't it? Maybe it likes music. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a dangerous thing to keep though, because you know, I know he wants to do it for a doomsday, but you know. How did it not get broken when he was falling over while on fire? Yeah, that's true. Uh, maybe he kept, maybe yeah. did he have yeah. it in a jar or did he have it in something else? He had it maybe, in a maybe, box. maybe put that down. Maybe put it to the side yeah. when he was going to yeah. be on fire. He quickly placed <laughs> it. <laughs> I've got uh, a bit of trivia for you. Although it's not trivia, it's the name game. Love a bit of name game. Okay, <laughs> good. Some of these might be reaching a bit far. We'll see. Uh, number one. Uh, so if you don't, if, for new listeners, um, I sum up or I say a logline to a film and these guys have to say the name of the film and the name will be uh, similar or it will rhyme with uh, the blob. 
Okay, so this one, this film uh, I'm talking about right now is uh, it's about a giant head that falls from space and it consumes everyone in a local town with its big toothy maw and it also won't stop gossiping. Is it the gob? Correct, the gob. Um, <laughs> number two, a radioactive computer lands from outer space and on it they find a website which is just a diary of some dude's life. Was really engrossing, and soon the entire town is consumed with the daily posts. <laughs> the blog, <laughs> yeah, the blog, right. yeah. <laughs> um, number three, um, <laughs> when a small town's inhabitants all spontaneously turn into little blocks of cheese, the local homeless puppy gets very hungry. <laughs> um. Yeah, what? <laughs> so when a small town's the... inhabitants all spontaneously turn into little cubes, diced cubes of cheese, uh, the local homeless puppy gets very hungry. <laughs> it's way... So you're probably overthinking it. The, the dog? There's yeah. a lot of... There's a... <laughs> the dog. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, don't overthink these. Um, number four. Uh, more of a real-life horror, this one. When a man signs a contract... He finds his waking hours are consumed with admin emails and spreadsheets. Oh, the job. Oh, Correct. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the last one: a nuclear wanger falls out of the skies and begins to wallop people, and it's dead annoying. <laughs> the knob. <laughs> yeah. Correct. The knob. I was thinking that you might play the name game, Luke. I even have one for you, but it's very, very niche. I'd be surprised if you can get it. I can. You can. I can have a trivia one for you if you would like one, though. Um, yeah, go for it. An, an 80s children's educational puppet with a perchance for spitting on the screen and writing his own name wreaks havoc in a small town. Uh, I don't know. Is this um, like a zippy? Uh, unfortunately, it is, it is uh, the pub. Now, pub. You, uh, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> are you guys too young for pub? I think I'm too no, young no, for no. pub. I, I don't remember. No, no, I remember pub. Have a Google a pub, people at home. Yeah, he's uh... a funny little, little dude, isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Mike looks like Michael Gove. He does look a bit like Michael Gove, or rather, Michael Gove oh, looks God. a bit like him. I do remember yeah, this guy. He's freaky. Yeah, there he is. Yeah. So we need to rate the film, and I'm a bit not not entirely sure what I'm going to go for with this one. Uh. It's the first time I saw this. I mean, oh, I'll go first. It was the first time I saw I saw it. I was like pleasantly surprised by how much I enjoyed it. It was a really good monster movie. The gore was great. The practical effects. Um, I was invested like, all the way through. Like, uh, and it kept kept sort of um, hitting me with things I didn't expect. So, I'm going to give it a B plus. I think. Cool. What about you, Andy? I am. Um... With Ben on this one, I think the blob for its name and what it's based on is far better than any than it has any right to be. Um, a lot of respect for the practical effects that, that that went into there, and for a film which should be utterly ridiculous, it actually pulls off some some serious moments of of like tension and some great moments. Like I say, some of those gore effects are genuinely good. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with a B plus as well, and also it's enjoyable. I I could stick this on and watch yeah. it of an evening. 
I mean, that's the thing. It's, it's, I was worried to be kind of blinded by nostalgia, but watching it back, it's just really watchable. Like, it's not... It doesn't drag or anything at any point. I do feel like it would have maybe rated higher if the characters were a bit more interesting, but I don't think you need it. I, I was going to give a B plus as well, I think. It's, oh, um, across the board. It's a good time in the cinema, this. Well, not the cinema. You're not allowed there. Too many blubs. Um, so, yeah. Uh... Thanks for listening. Is there anything anyone wants to mention before we wrap up? No, I, th- I think that's it, dude. What are we? Uh, what do you fancy doing next week? We're doing. Ugh. We're doing Pet Sem next week. Pet Sem one and two. Pet Sem one and two. Double bill. Sounds good. Very nice. So, uh, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovac Cowman for our theme music. Thanks to Acast for hosting the show. Thanks to the listeners. If you enjoyed the show, please consider rating and reviewing. Remember to hit subscribe. Come to the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Horror Hangout Board Advisors or just search for Horror Hangout in the Facebook search bar thing. Thanks That's easier. <laughs> thanks to my coach, Ben, for being around. Thank uh, thanks, Luke. Thanks to Thanks, guys. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.